Good morning, everyone. We're in Mark and chapter 4 and chapter 5 this morning, but I just want to read chapter 4, verses 35 to 42. This is part 9 of What is Your Story? When the even was come, Jesus said unto them, that is, the disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. When they'd sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, do you not care that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? In chapter 4 and 5, we see a glimpse of the one who is none other than the Lord of glory, the mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. When we see him stilling the storm in chapter 4 that we've just read, in chapter 5, he begins. it begins with him dispossessing the man of demons. It continues with him curing the woman of disease and concludes with him raising a little girl from the dead. This saviour of sinners that I'm telling you about is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, the almighty, the all-knowing, the all-present God who came down to woo and to win you and me to be forever his for time and for eternity. How wonderful that is. But let's return to this part of the fourfold story that left the disciples absolutely amazed and full of reverential fear. The crucial and vital part of the story is about faith. Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? Why did he say that? Because he had said, let us pass over unto the other side. He never said it would be a smooth crossing. He didn't promise them a trouble-free passage. He didn't say everything was going to be hunky-dory. And incidentally, neither does he ever promise that the Christian pathway is going to be easy. Do you remember the old poem, What God Has Promised? God has not promised skies always blue, flower-strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. God has not promised we shall not know toil and temptation, trouble and woe. He has not told us we shall not bear many a burden, many a care. God has not promised smooth roads and wide, swift, easy travel, needing no guide. Never a mountain rocky and steep, never a river turbid and deep. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labour, light for the way. Grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. That's what God has promised. But to return to our story, Jesus hadn't promised anything other than what he'd said. Let us pass over to the other side. And if he said we're going to the other side of the sea, then to the other side of the sea we will certainly go and we will arrive there safe and sound. That's what faith says. He knows the end from the beginning, you see, and nothing can stop what he has promised. So chapter 5 verse 1 says, And they came over 
unto the other side of the sea. That is why he was asleep on a pillow in the back of the boat. So you and I can rest secure in everything his word has said with total confidence and peace. We can rest where he rests. And that's preeminently true in regard of our soul's eternal blessing. Jesus rested his head on Calvary and dismissed his spirit only when the work of salvation had been completed. So you and I can rest, we can find our rest for our souls in regard of our sins where he rested, that is, Calvary. Because it was there he bore my sins in his own body on the tree. To return to the to return to the story now whether we think what happened on the journey across the sea was an act of satan trying to destroy the lord or whether we think that it was a common occurrence as it possibly was on that particular on that particular stretch of the sea isn't the most important thing the things that are most important are these their faith in his word was challenged their trust in his care was doubted their understanding of who, he, who it was that was on the boat with them was seriously limited. Incidentally, at least one of those disciples, Peter that is, learned the lesson and had to eat his own words, do you not care, when in his letter he wrote this, casting all your care on him because he cares about you. Isn't that lovely? We do make mistakes about what we understand and what we don't understand. But when we learn the lesson, what a joy it is to our own souls. Like Peter did. He cares about you. And so he does. Whatever your circumstances are this morning. But just remember, the disciples had already seen his mighty power over demons and over disease. They'd just been listening to his words spoken with divine authority. But here and now, in this experience on the sea, their understanding of him was about to be massively deepened as they were going to witness the master of earth, of sea, of wind and of all creation who was totally in control. It's interesting to note it, everything was under his control, apart from the free will of humanity. I wonder, have you submitted your will to him yet? Trust that you have, and if not, I trust that you will today. So he arose, that is, he stood up, something you'd never do in a storm at sea. He rebuked the wind, he said to the sea, Peace, be still, and there was a great calm. You see, when the Lord intervenes in our troubled experience, it's much more calm afterwards than it ever was before the storm. A great calm, it says. I don't think the Sea of Galilee had ever been more like a mill pond than that day. The outcome of this most terrifying journey was that the disciples witnessed the power of the Almighty God and they had to say, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I don't know how troubled the journey of your life may have been or perhaps 
is right now. But one thing I do know is that if Jesus is in the boat of your life, you'll be able to sing, No water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. We used to sing that hymn very often. Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The skies are shadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep when each moment so madly is threatening a grave in the angry deep? Master, with anguish of spirit I bow in my grief today. The depths of my sad heart are troubled. Awaken and save, I pray. Torrents of sin and of anguish sweep o'er my sinking soul. And I perish, I perish, dear Master. O hasten and take control. Master, the terror is over. The elements sweetly rest. Earth's sun in the calm lake is mirrored, and heaven's within my breast. Linger, O blessed Redeemer, leave me alone no more, and with joy I shall make the blessed harbour and rest on that blissful shore. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace be still. Whether the wrath of the storm-tossed sea, or struggles or evil, whatever it be, No water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still. Peace be still. I'd like to ask you this morning, have you come to know this mighty and glorious Saviour? I can tell you, I have. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Saviour all the day long. I wonder, what is your story? God bless his word to you today.